Everybody throws around this word diversity, but really I think it should be more about normalizing. Because if you walk out your door, you see women of all shapes, sizes, colors, races. So why when you turn on the TV do you only see skinny white girls? You're listening to Inside Acting, a podcast dedicated to demystifying the inner and outer game of success in the entertainment industry. I'm Trevor Algott, and coming up in episode 206, I sit down for the third and final part of my chat with actress, producer, and crowdfunding guru, Leah Savoli. And we talk about body image. This is actually the first time that body image has seriously come up on the podcast in over 200 episodes. I'm kind of astounded. Uh, because it's such a big issue. And I just want to kind of point out that this one isn't just for the ladies here. We chat about the dudes too. How self-love is both a practice and a service. Also where to draw the line in a society that often confuses body acceptance with enabling unhealthy behavior. Hmm, That's one that's kind of sometimes tough to figure out. And we talk specifically in terms of casting in Hollywood where the quote-unquote middle people go. That's middle as in in between. It's all coming up, it's all fascinating, it's all awesome. Stick around. This episode of Inside Acting is brought to you in part by Rehearsal 2, the app for actors. If you want to learn your lines, be off book for auditions, explore your character and make stronger choices, and let's be honest, who doesn't? There's an app for that, and it's called Rehearsal 2. Download it right now for your iPhone or iOS device at rehearsaltheapp.com slash download. That's rehearsaltheapp.com slash download. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 206. This first section is going to be short and sweet. AJ and Jasmine are, as I record this, en route from New York City to Los Angeles. They're coming back. Uh, So they're on the road right now. I don't even know where they are in the country. I exchanged a few text messages with both of them over the past day or two, but I don't know where they are. I think they're like somewhere around Denver right now. Uh, Obviously, though, it was a little challenging and hopefully a little understandable as to why it was tricky for us to pin down an hour or two to record this episode uh, today. So it's going to be just me. uh, But AJ will be joining us next week and it's going to be pretty cool next week. We've got such a great... I guess the word would be backlog of emails and voicemails, and they're really great questions, and we want to make sure we we give them the time that they deserve, and that's kind of why we've been putting them off for so long. So what we thought we'd do is take the entire next episode, when AJ is back in LA in person, physically, we'll be in the same room, we thought we'd take the entire episode to just really take our time and respond to these questions and offer our thoughts and just kind of spur on the conversation a bit. As you all know, listening, we don't believe that there's really any one right, proper way to to go about anything in this industry. I mean, art is inherently messy, and so is the journey a lot of the time. And I think what we're finding, or at least what I'm finding, I'll speak for myself here, is that 
on this journey, I'm finding that even the ugly stuff, even the times that I screwed up, even the times where it was like really embarrassing or, or whatever, the, the bad stuff, it's almost always in hindsight, perfect training for what was to come. So when you kind of zoom out and take the 30,000 foot view of life things start to really make a lot more sense. And we've sort of danced around this idea on various episodes of the podcast, but I want to bring it up here because we've got a lot of questions that are, you know, big life questions that are going to be coming up in the next episode. Some of them are a little bit more technical or logistical and others are a little bit more, um, I guess, like touchy-feely. And I, what I mean by touchy-feely is, is, is that they require a little bit more of like, you know, soul searching and going deep into your gut and figuring out what what your your heart is telling you. So look forward to that. It's going to be a great episode. I'm very excited to sit down with AJ and just sort of dig in there and, and you know, get a little bit closer to figuring out what makes us all tick as creative people. Uh, I'd also be remiss if I didn't give a reminder plug right here for the Real Talk launch party, which is happening on September 14th. Inner Image Media, these amazing guys uh, over in North Hollywood, in collaboration with Rapid Reels, whom you've heard us speak about, about whom you've heard us speak, to be grammatically correct, is hosting a launch party for their brand new series, Real Talk. It's an entertaining and informative sit-down Q&A that focuses on the career ins and outs and personal ups and downs of aspiring and established talent from every corner of the entertainment industry. The first uh, season is all done. It's six episodes long, and I was very honored and very flattered to, to be a guest in the very first season. So there's a few episodes that will feature yours truly. Uh, and the show itself, Miguel and Michael have told me this, the show itself was actually partially inspired by this very podcast, by Inside Acting. I mean, how cool is that? Can you can you get any more sort of like, all oh, shucks about it, you know? Like, it, it, it's a pretty nice feeling. Anyway, the launch party is being held at the Majestic Nightclub, General Lee's. It's located in the heart of Chinatown in downtown Los Angeles, and there's going to be a special guest appearance by actress Jessica Clark. You probably know her from True Blood, the TV show True Blood. There's going to be a live performance by breakout hip-hop artist Cognito, and there's going to be uh, all sorts of fun stuff sponsored by both us, the podcast, and the LA Actors Tweet Up. Real Talk officially launches on Tuesday, September 15th. It's going to be online at realtalkonline.com. And again, that's realtalk, R-E-E-L, realtalkonline.com. But it'd be great to see everybody at the party at 7 p.m. the night before, Monday, September 14th. So if you want more details on that or just want to go ahead and RSVP, check out the Real Talk Facebook page. You can find that at bit.ly slash realtalklaunchparty. Again, that's bit.ly slash r-e-e-l talklaunchparty, all one word. Uh, And if you RSVP, you get entered into a raffle to win some pretty sweet prizes, not the least of which is a free scene that you get to shoot with the Inner Image and Rapid Reels guys. And a couple episodes ago, I talked about why I think that is a very good thing. So go ahead and RSVP. Really looking forward to seeing everybody at 7 p.m. on September 14th for the Real Talk launch party. All right, so let's get right to part three of my chat with Leah. There's some really good stuff in here, guys, and like I said, I'm kind of astounded that this is the first time that body image and and uh, some of these kind of issues have, have popped up on the podcast because, you know, we're all about the sort of, you know, it's in our, our, our slogan, whatever they be, we're dedicated to demystifying the inner and outer game, 
The body image thing, I, I can't think of something that better encompasses a combination of the inner and the outer game. And Leah has done a lot of wonderful work in this arena, assembling panels, uh, doing media appearances. She even started a movement called All Shapes and Sizes Welcome, and she knows from experience what this journey is like, uh, as you'll hear in the interview. So I hope you guys enjoy this as much as I enjoyed sitting down and having the opportunity to chat about this with Leah. Really proud to bring it to you, so enjoy, and I will talk at you on the other side. I do want to make sure that we get the time to talk about your work helping women navigate the body image issue thing. And forgive me if I'm sort of misrepresenting the no. context that that's in, but you've done a lot of work with this. You've done panels at Comic-Con. Mm-hmm. You've done news segments. Mm-hmm. You've started uh, all sorts of organizations and groups and, yeah. and things like that. So let's talk about this because I think this is something that we, I don't think we've ever talked about this on the podcast before because we're two dudes and you know, we have our own body issues, but it's not like in the cultural zeitgeist, the way that women's body issues are for sure. And I feel like our, our industry especially puts so much pressure on women to look, act, um, uh, carry themselves a certain way. And that if you don't do those things, then you're somehow less desirable or less apt to be hired so there's a lot of sort of shit out there that women have to deal with. Yeah. And you've done a lot of really amazing work with this. So tell us about what you've started and what your work is and, and, and kind of where it came from. What was the yeah. impetus to, to get, get into this world? Yeah, well, to be honest, it was a completely personal, selfish almost journey. Um, 2010, I went through a really just tough relationship kind of thing and went through a big depression. And I started eating and eating and eating and eating and eating. Um, I would say two, 3,000 calories a day. Um, I had gotten the sex, drugs, and rock and roll out of my life, so the next vice was food, which is probably one of the hardest uh, to get rid of because it's in your life every day. You have to eat. <laughs> you don't have to do drugs or drink or, or have lots of sex, but you do have to eat. Um, so it started as a very personal journey. I put on about 60, 70 pounds in the course of just a couple months, And realized, through that process, I realized that I was lacking in self-love. And I was looking back at pictures of myself, um, particularly I I had produced a horror film festival called the Carnival of Darkness back in like 2007. And there's pictures of me on the red carpet, and I'm... 125, 130 of that. I'm like a size three, size five. Um, And I'm looking at these pictures from present day Leah going, wow, you looked so good back then. But past Leah is remembering, but at the time you didn't think so. At the time you still thought you were fat. At the time you were looking at those pictures going, I don't look good at all. And you were still wearing Spanx and all that stuff. And so what I realized was, okay, so there's some underlying self-love thing here. 
And I could do some crazy cleanse. I could do some crazy detox, which I had done many, many, many times over the years. Um, I had done the master cleanse for 40 days when I was on the set of Deadwood. And I remember 40 days straight. straight. And the master cleanse for people who aren't familiar is is like lemonade, syrup, syrup, water, and distilled water or something. Yeah. Yeah. 40 days. And that's it. That's it. I was hallucinating. I was speaking to Jesus. He was speaking back. <laughs> I organized. <laughs> I organized. He, he told me to organize my house. He told me to get a filing cabinet and organize every piece of paper oh I could God. find. I, I mean, I remember I was on the set of Deadwood and the um, the wardrobe people came up to me and she said, honey, sweetie, um, your clothes are falling off you. We're going to have to take your costume in. Do you know what size your waist is? And I said, well, I'm like a 29. And she measured, and she's like, sweetie, it's a 23, you know, and I had no idea. So all of these things had been in my past. And I somewhere around age 14, 15, I don't really know what happened, but somewhere around age 14, 15, I stopped wanting to wear a bathing suit. I stopped wanting to go to the beach. I have successfully lasted in L.A. without going to pool parties. You know, I show up towards the end. It's okay to have just a sundress on. So as I was going through this process, I was starting to realize all these things. And I said, okay, you could do some crazy 40-day cleanse and lose this 60, 70 pounds that you just put on. Or you can go on a journey of self-love. Because if you don't love yourself at the size 16 that I currently am, you're not going to love yourself at the size 6. So I started just working on that and going to some classes and yoga retreats and things around body image and self-love. And... I guess about a year or two had gone through. I'd gone through, and I started blogging about it. Um, one of the blogs I do for Ms. in the Biz is called Weighing In, and that's typically this tale. I do two different blogs. One is called Coffee Chats, which is more the business side, and the Weighing In is more of this side. And so, I guess it was well, All Shapes and Sizes has been in existence for three years now. So it was November, about three and a half years ago. I was in Vegas with a girlfriend. And I was feeling really good about myself. I think I had just done like a bunch of Bikram yoga and, and I was just feeling really good about myself. And I took this selfie and it was more of like a full body shot than your typical selfie. And I'm queen of selfies and angles and just faces and, and, and shoulders and whatnot. And I've always photographed really well. And um, I took this shot, which was probably like knee length up, and I posted it on Facebook feeling like good. Like I was like rock and roll. We were in Vegas. We were staying at the Hard Rock Hotel. We were going to see Guns N' Roses. I felt great. And the first comment was from a man who I hadn't actually seen since Deadwood. He was one of the background, and he left a comment, and he said, Leah, I've seen you look better. Hmm. So I took a deep breath, as you just did, and didn't say anything at first and of course you know the friends came out to attack Mm. Um, and instead of attacking I I just said well the last time you saw me I had done the 40-day master cleanse and was completely unhealthy malnourished and lacking vitamins (laughs) and then I quietly deleted him and I would say within 48 hours, All Shapes and Sizes was born. Um, Helena is one of the first people I reached out to. And I was like, you know what? What gives 
anyone the right to say anything about you and what your body looks like and on your own Facebook page and on like on your own personal public photo you know and it made me think you know celebrity like what they go through and and how many people like you know you have to have a tough shell but it was just like wow who, who gives you the right to do that and why do we why do we as a society think it's okay to say something about someone else's body so I reached out to Helena, and then I'm not exactly sure how everyone else came to be, but the first panel was myself and Helena Santos, uh, Miracle Lori, who's an actress on Joss Whedon's Dollhouse and, and is a size 10 and was hired because of her size. Her character revolves around that. Um, Adrian Curry, who was the first winner of Tyra Banks's America's Next Top Model. Uh, Amber Kriz, who is the founder of Body Heart. Uh, Lynn Chen, who is a friend of Helena's, who is I know, you know Lynn, well, like on the internet. I know yeah, Lynn. well, yeah, she is on tweets and stuff. She yeah. is on the um, committee for National Eating Disorders in Washington D.C. Really? She she has her story. She struggled with anorexia most mm. of her life, and she's super healthy and she's got it all together. And that's why she started. Um, the actor's diet blog was mm-hmm. to help herself get out of it by always being accountable by taking pictures of her food. Yeah. Um, so it's a great pull, blog. Yeah, yeah. So pulled a really great group of women together and just created a Facebook page. And the first place we applied to uh, was WonderCon in Los Angeles and they accepted us. I, didn't, I had no idea what this was going to be about or what we were going to say. I just pulled a bunch of women together who had different stories, who talked about body image and, you know, a model who needed to stay thin and, and a woman who had recovered from anorexia and, and Helena, who's just more about, um, you know, eating healthy and eating clean and, and buying organic and all that stuff. And just and then me with my emotional binge eating disorder that I was in the crux of. Um, and the response was just amazing. I was going to say it really struck a chord, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, with a lot of yeah. people. And from there, it was Kamikaze, and then Comic-Con, and Ventura Pop Expo, and we just did our second appearance at Comic-Con, and I just launched, um, actually with Helena's persuasion, she basically tied me up and sat me down and said, you need a website for this, because it was just a Facebook page, so it's now all shapes and sizes welcome.com, and I reached out um, as I was building it, and I, and I expanded the panelists, so that I think there's about 15 different women listed now on the panelist page, so that I have rotating panelists. So it's not the same girls depending on where we are Mm. and depending what the topic is. And so, for instance, we're going to be speaking at the um, Entertainment Media Network Blogger Conference at the Paley Center in September. And the organizer reached out to me and specifically requested three of my girls who are bloggers rather than just, can you bring your panel? Um, So now people are reaching out to us. But the, the press was amazing. And this is actually... I wrote a blog on Ms. in the Biz about how to get your own publicity. What I did for Comic-Con two years ago when we first brought it was I have a fake email account for my publicist, and she goes by Mary Chase, which is my deceased nanny up in heaven, and my nanny is awesome, and so my nanny is my publicist, and I sent out press releases that year, and the response was overwhelming. We got on Fox News. We were invited to be at 6 a.m. on top of the Hard Rock Hotel in San Diego. They yeah. said you can bring four people. They I watched that segment. Right? Yeah, they interviewed us me. live yeah. on Fox News. CNN did a thing with us. And I ended up with so many requests. And now I know better because I would set up like a round table. But what I did that year was meet us in the lobby between like four and six. And oh my gosh, we did press for like two hours, you mm-hmm. know, because people were coming and going. And only one outlet said, uh, can 
I speak to Mary? Where's Mary? And I was like, uh... <laughs> she had a family uh, emergency. She's busy, but yeah. I'm the founder if you need some questions. Um, you know, so... Wow. Yeah. You, you know, you're the second person in the show to have a... Their own a, fake publicist. A, to be closeted publicist, yeah. essentially. And both times we've heard about it, it's been really... Has it's it been deceased, related to some great things. Has it been deceased relatives both times? No, too? no, no, okay. no, no. So I'm but, the only uh, one that's using a ghost. But it makes me wonder how many other people have kind of figured out that mm-hmm. that's a way to do it. Well, because it's different. We're reaching out saying, hey, would you like to interview me? It's been an interesting journey. We had this one girl come up to us at Comic-Con. She stood up and asked a question. She's about 10 years old. And she stood up in front of about 500 people and said, what do you do when somebody, when you're walking down the street and somebody says something mean to you? And we all just, like, it was an audible gasp, you know? Everybody was like, you know, and I've got Adrian Curry going, well, you fuck them, you tell them, da-da-da-da-da. And, you know, and you've got Miracle going, well, you know, it's, you know, because we're all different personalities. Um, But it's been moments like that that have been like, wow, this, this is why we do this. There was another girl that came up to us. We did an autograph signing, like, the day after. And she came up and she said, because of you guys, she's like, I was at the panel yesterday, and because of you guys, I'm not wearing space under my cosplay today and we were like you go you don't need to do you have any idea how uncomfortable that stuff is i do not it's like wearing a wetsuit under your clothes all day long oh because you're just like that sounds awful yeah right yeah you know and you have to act like you're not feeling like that underneath you know and so the shit you girls go through man i'm sorry right and and so everybody has their own story guys have it so easy and well, you know, there's been guys in our audience that have I was, was going to ask, actually, yeah. because I bet this strikes a chord on both sides of the spectrum. It does. And yeah. I actually just learned of a different perspective. We've had a few guys in the audience. Um, one in particular was more male-heavy. Up in Ventura, we had more men in the audience than women. So we actually turned it around and said, do you guys have questions? Because there was, like, a decidedly number of more men. Um, and there was one man there who was like, well, I'm a model, and I get this kind of stuff all the time, and I'm not super buff. I'm, 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 you know, I've got muscles, but I'm competing with a guy that looks like that and that, and, you know, we, we feel it too. But I, I did an interview the other day with Sci-Fi Talk, and this gentleman, he was, wanted to talk about all shapes and sizes. He brought up a perspective that I've never heard before, and he said, my wife is curvy, He's like, I love my wife. He goes, I've always loved curvy women. He's like, and when you're younger and you're growing up, you get ridiculed and called names for being someone that's dating curvier women. And I was like, wow. I was like, I know what names you're talking about. I mean, we don't got to go there. I can imagine. Mm-hmm. But it was such a like different perspective of like, wow, you're right. So where does that come from? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you can go even further, you know, with same sex and, and interracial relationships and all that. But where did we learn that it's okay to like critique somebody for who or what they love? Yeah, I I agree a hundred percent. It's it's messed up the judgment that we placed on it, and when when we as a society start to ostracize people for looking or or whatever mm-hmm. being a certain way, um, it says a lot about us as a society and very little about the person. Yeah, that they're that's the object of the criticism, and it, it just makes you think. And when you start to realize that it's never about the other person, it's about something going on inside the person doing the criticizing or yes. the judging, then it makes you think like. Wow, well, like, what's really going on in our society that mm-hmm. people feel p- compelled to be this way to each other? Yeah. But I, I want to, just before we wrap up, I want to kind of just throw something at you mm-hmm. here. Because I am all for, like, 100%. I really hope that I put this the right way because I'm about to either make a bunch of people hate me or a bunch of people go, hey, you know, he's got a good point. 
So here we go. Yeah. I'm, I'm known for misrepresenting myself by misspeaking. So here we go. Oh boy. Um, I'm, I'm all for body acceptance and yeah. like, like awesome. In fact, I just think I saw something that Helena posted on Facebook today about this company that's not retouching their photos mm-hmm. for their underwear models. Yeah. And their sales have gone through and their the sales roof. have gone through the roof. Yep. And I, like, I'm just like, that mm-hmm. gives me goosebumps and it makes my heart beat and mm-hmm. faster. And I'm just like, I love that. I think that's mm-hmm. amazing. However, I think I know where you're going. Yeah, because they're they're the last thing that I want to do is somebody who was raised in a very healthy household mm-hmm. is um, enable unhealthy behavior. Yes, by saying like, oh, well, you know, like real women have curves. Like I, I get the spirit of that, mm-hmm. but I also don't want to enable a like a, a society and a sort of way of being and thinking that says. It is okay to be this way because right. underneath all that, you've got a lot of health risks. Yeah. You've got a lot of, um, obviously, like you said, self-love issues tend to come mm-hmm. up a lot. And it's like, so where where do you, as, as somebody who's, who's founded this, yeah. this movement, where do you... Where do you draw the line or delineate between those two things? So there's a couple things there that came up in in my head, and I knew, uh, yeah, this, I knew this is where you were going. So we had one woman stand up at a panel at Comic Con. I think it was Comic Con. Maybe it was WonderCon a couple years ago. And she was asking questions from the get go. Um, she commented. She was she was a rather large woman. Um, I don't know, maybe a size twenty, twenty two, something like that. And she commented from the beginning about you know you girls don't really look that big or something, right? Because everybody wants to judge like, oh, you're really. And I was like, well, I'm a size sixteen. And one of the other girls was like, and I'm a size twenty two. You know, like different people hold it different ways, right? So right away we could tell she was trying to go somewhere with like mm-hmm. her antagonism. And then at one point towards the end, she said, well, you know, how do you say, you know, that just, you know, wh- how do you, what do you think about, about being healthy? And what do you think about, you know, doctors saying, you know, you need to lose weight or something that you're too heavy. And I said, well, I said, I'm going to tell you right now. I said, my mom is currently overweight and I'm trying to get her to walk. I'm trying to get her to get out and walk and make sure she's healthy and she's taking care of herself. Um, there's a difference between loving yourself and accepting yourself and having heart disease and cholesterol problems and, you know, putting a strain on all your body parts. And this woman got infuriated with us and stormed out of the panel and screamed some profanities at us as she walked out the door. And then her boyfriend followed and screamed more things at us as he walked out the door. How dare you guys talk about health? You're not doctors, blah, blah, blah. Hmm. And then found us on Twitter and continued oh, to geez. proceed the attack on Twitter. And talk about a way to completely skew what you guys were actually Shying. talking about. It has right. nothing to do with the, the medical. Well, like you said, it goes yeah. back to somebody's person. So she was looking for somebody to say, no, you're fine just the way you are, you know. But no, of course you need to be concerned about your health. Um, one of my newest panelists, Sherry Lee Meredith, she runs a show called Go Curvy. Um, definitely look into her story, but her story is that she was not taking care of her body. And around the age of 40, she had a stroke. Mm. And it changed. 40 years old. Yeah. And it changed her entire perspective. And she's a curvy woman, but she's healthier than I am. You know, she 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 eats healthy, she has body acceptance, she has self-love around her, and she preaches that on her show. She gets millions of viewers on gocurvy.com, um, and that's 
her motto is actually, uh, you know, uh, there's only one you, love yourself, you know, and go curvy. She said, no longer am I going to hide behind, oh, I'm not the perfect size to go to the beach. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go to those beach parties, but I'm going to be healthy about it. Um, so we're definitely not preaching, you know, and the difference with me, and this is, so this is a fine line with me because a lot of times since I'm the founder of this panel and I just told you like where it came from, there's a part, there's a difference between, I think someone that was born curvy and is, and is, and is kind of bigger frame and born that way because sure. we're all different shapes and sizes. Sure. And then there's a difference between someone like me who's actually kind of small framed and put on 70 pounds through a depression, right? So it's not like all my life I've been the curvy girl. I was pretty damn average all my life. So a lot of times on the panel when we're preaching about loving yourself and self-acceptance, and you know, Helen is a very thin girl. A lot of the girls on my panel are actually thin and who have already gone through eating disorders or in Helena's case, she talks about, you know, um, you know, some discrimination as far as ethnicity is concerned and things like that. And we also talk about the sexualization of women in media. Um, so for me, sometimes I feel fake because when the panel's over and I'm telling everybody to love themselves and feel great about who they are, and I'm like, mm, okay, bye everybody, I'm gonna go home now and write in my journal and <laughs> talk about self-love. Um, so I think there's, there's, there's a fine line and there's a difference between, you know, I'm still in the crux of it, I'm still going through this eating disorder and I'm still trying to love myself as who I am regardless of what the scale says right now, but that being said, I went to the doctors last year. I finally got health insurance. I went to the doctors. I got absolutely everything checked, and everything's fine. And so part of me is like, yay, but then that that demon voice inside that's like part of the eating disorder is like, oh, good. You haven't done any damage yet. Mm. You can keep going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where a part of yeah. me was almost hoping that there would have been some signs of, oh, your cholesterol is high or something, so like the doctor would order me to do something. Right. Um, so absolutely, you want to be the best and positive and, and healthiest you. I mean, I just went to Hawaii and I, I went snorkeling, I went kayaking, I went zip lining, I went hiking. Am I a little bit more out of breath than I would be? Yes. But am I still doing those things? Yes. Mm. So as long as it's not affecting your life and, you know, I, I don't, you know, I, I'm not a doctor, so I can't, I can't say. I'm sure there are various reasons why people get completely obese. But what we're mostly focusing on is the entertainment industry and changing what people view as normal. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody throws around this word diversity, but really I think it should be more about normalizing. Because if you walk out your door, you see women of all shapes, sizes, colors, races. So why, when you turn on the TV, do you only see skinny white girls? Yeah. Right? So it's really more about normalizing. And the other thing that we really touch on is being the change that you want to see. So what does that mean? We need more women writers. We need more women producers, directors. Mm. We need more men that are willing to write about the normal women in their lives and not their ideal fantasy for whatever reason. There was a man yeah. in our last panel who stood up and he said, I'm, I'm, I'm writing this web series based around women. He goes, and I just came up with five more characters listening to you guys talk. <laughs> That's amazing. He, he really did. And he actually yeah. followed up with the one girl and asked us if we knew any female crew that he can hire because it really hit him. And oh, wow. he heard what we were saying. And he's now willing to make that difference in his project and talk about real women based on the five of our stories that he heard. That's amazing. Yeah. So just by by getting these women together and just mm-hmm. kind of going around to these different conventions mm-hmm. and news outlets and yeah. things like that and just talking about this, you're affecting amazing change in the cultural sort of dialogue about what is 
I guess, acceptable in the yeah. sort of mainstream. Yeah, I mean, we all have yeah. stories. I tell this one story about when I when I first moved to town, and I was really thin and young and just off the boat and so excited. And I went to my first like agency meeting, and the guy told me that I was too fat to play the thin girl and too thin to play the fat girl. He had no room for me. He didn't know what to do with me. And I was like, what? Yeah. Well, where does the girl in the middle go? Yeah. Like, what? So, and we, and we all have stories like that, not just the girls on the panel, but women all over, and I'm sure men as well. And But I, I do feel like Hollywood is changing. I do feel like we're definitely growing changing, in yeah. leaps and bounds, you know? Yeah. Not, not just in the plus-size industries, but with the representation and bringing different races and ethnicities in there. And, and we, we really are changing. And so yeah. we're a positive yeah. panel. We're not like, oh, Hollywood stinks and men suck. Sure. That's not <laughs> it at all. We love Hollywood and we love men. You know, right. we, we are here to just celebrate our differences and bring them Mm-hmm. more acceptability into Hollywood of how different and unique and amazing we all are. Like that's what makes this planet so amazing. Yeah. Cause every yeah. one of us is different and unique. So like, let's celebrate that. Yeah. Yeah. I always like to think of it as nature finding every possible way and there's infinite ways. So there's, there's never an end to it, but every possible way to express itself. Yeah. And I just, I think when I come from that place, I'm so much more accepting of everything. The things that, you know, that a sort of version 1.0 of Trevor wants to judge and whatnot. It's like, Trevor, look, there is no right or wrong. It's just a different expression of nature. It's, it's God, the universe, whatever you want to call it, finding a new way mm-hmm. to experience the world. And I'm like, oh, that's beautiful, actually. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Exactly. You know, we're yeah. all like, yeah. we're perfect just the way we are in whatever moment in time we are. But yes, if it's, interfering with your health then yes i would advise Mm. seeing a physician and doing something about it or if it's more mental like myself then you know maybe that means i i I need to dig deeper into that you know maybe i need to speak with someone about more of like the emotional side of things you know and and for me yoga has helped a lot kundalini especially Mm. um it's very much chanting and very much just really going inside um agape the spiritual center here is an amazing place um and just really taking each day one at a time but knowing that whatever I'm doing I am perfect just the way I am and really just cultivating that love because you've you've you like Sherry Lee says you've only got one you you know so love you you know Mm -hmm. be the best you and yeah God, that's amazing. And I feel like you've already, we've already veered into the, the two final questions that we usually like to ask our guests. Um, but hey, we can say it again. And this is interesting because you've, you've got such a sort of, I said this in the last interview series with Brandy, you, you've got such a, a, a kind of portfolio life where you do a lot of different things that are all creative expressions and they all sort of overlap with one another, but they're also, they're also not acting specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, which is amazing and it's really cool. So I guess did this path that you're on right now, did this choose you or did you choose it? Hmm. Well, I think, like I said, when I first arrived here today, I, my first public speaking gig was when I was six years old. You know, I went to Our Lady of Loretta School in Southwest Philadelphia and it was our bicentennial and we had to pick our favorite saint and write something about her. And I chose St. Maria Goretti and I was chosen to stand up and give the speech. My mom said she was nervous as hell for me, but she said I wasn't nervous and I don't remember being nervous. So from as early as I can remember, I've always enjoyed speaking and being in front of people and sharing information. 
Additionally, I've always been a drama queen. There's a photo. <laughs> There's a photo my mom has of me. I'm about age five or six, and I am hysterical crying, but I'm staring at myself in the mirror crying. And she took the photo from behind. The way behind. you said mirror was so Philly. So I Philly, love it. right? Yeah. So she took the photo from behind as I'm standing in the mirror crying and sobbing. Um, so I think I think it chose me. I think it's just taken a roundabout journey mm. at first. You know, I, and I did enjoy psychology and teaching, and I did think that that's what I wanted to do at first. Um, but that's all wrapped up into entertainment in Hollywood anyway. Um, but I, you know, from as early as I can remember, I've always written poetry. Um, and I, I published my first poetry book um, in 2007. It's called Amicably Ever After, The Year I Grew Up. It's a very oh, dark, cool, dark, man. dark poetry book. Okay. Um, I tend to write poems more dark, so I'm trying to figure out how to write happy pieces these days. But um, yeah, like these, these pieces, these elements that you see and that you say like, oh, I've got this portfolio of things. If I really look back, they've all been there. You know, I, I was, I was, I took modeling classes when I was like seven, eight years old. And I, to this day, love getting my photo taken. Like, you want me to come to a modeling <laughs> shoot? I'm there. You're not paying me? Cool. No big deal. Just <laughs> make me look pretty. Um, so these things have always been a part of who I am. And I guess I've always had this like caring, kind heart where I was the girl, 45 kids in the classroom, you know, Catholic school, 45, 50 kids. I was the girl who would invite every single person to my birthday party because I didn't want anyone to feel left out. Mm. And and that's probably my own journey, you know, um, my own issues of abandonment and things. And so I've never wanted anyone to feel left out. And so then that led to music and, and wanting to be a rock star but not having the musical talent and then coming out to Hollywood and just and cultivating those relationships. I'm a connector. I've always just connected people with people, places and things and I've always believed in magic, you know? And so like I think when you asked me that question earlier about like what do you attribute <laughs> that, you know, that whole Deadwood Robot Chicken story to my first inclination was to say magic. Um but I didn't want to throw that out there right I away magic too. but uh <laughs> no seriously yeah <laughs> you know um i think it's yeah i think at the end of the day i've always believed in fairy tales i've always believed in magic and i've always believed that we are the magic mm. um and i i couldn't i can't imagine just living your quote-unquote average nine to five not that there's anything wrong with that because many of my friends and family live your quote-unquote normal life where you've got a nine to five 40 hour week job and you've got your house and your fence and your kids and your pets and would I love to have all those things yes but I want to do it my way and I want to mm. do it creatively and I, I I don't think I could ever be happy if I was stuck in one job somewhere you know I need to be doing all of these things and at any moment I could switch and be like oh nope I'm off on a photo shoot nope I'm gonna go to a poetry reading nope I'm producing this film oh wait I've got a crowdfunding campaign can't do that right now you know mm -hmm. right 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 it's all of these things and it's gotten to a point where you know I haven't had a nine-to-five job since 1998 I was well, since I moved to Hollywood I never once I've, I've never once taken a serving job I've, I have I did some ballet I did some substitute teaching but all of my thrival gigs have been super creative very 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 flexible I could walk away from you at any moment kind of job mm -hmm. and now the past three years I haven't had to do anything but my consultations and and my crowdfunding and that's all on my own time and schedule last year I took 
November, December, and January off. I said no. I said no to Corey Feldman. Corey Feldman wanted to rock his campaign because, you know, he's connected to Sean and everybody. And I was like, no, I'm taking these two and a half months off. And I'm, wow. I went home for Thanksgiving. Then I went to visit some friends in Nashville. I went back home for Christmas. And I just said, you know, now granted, when I came back to LA at the end of January, I was hustling to get some clients and make some money. But I consciously chose that. Like, mm -hmm. okay, I'm taking these two months off. I've worked really hard this year and I just want to go enjoy myself and not have to be tied to a computer. Mm. Um, and so I've been creating that. You That's know? great. It took a while. Yeah, it took a while to get here. It's powerful but to, to have that, that yearning for that balance, but mm -hmm. then to actually execute on it. Like that takes discipline and it takes maturity. <laughs> but I think everybody out there takes... that's listening, I think the majority of the creatives that are listening right now, you have some kind of talent that you can start charging for your services. I wrote a mm. blog about knowing your worth, and that was when I first came to this of putting the PayPal button up and charging $30. I read that blog post. It was great. Thank yeah. you. You know, and I think for us creatives, we so want to just give, and we want to give, and we want to give, and we want to give, but you still have to be able to buy food and pay the bills. Mm -hmm. So what is it? outside of your acting and outside of your biggest creative thing that you know do you know how to build a website do you know how to edit embrace that and i'm saying this now after struggling for three years with embracing crowdfunding but i'm saying it from a point of embrace it because people are people need that service and it doesn't take away from you as a creative in fact it probably adds more and it adds leverage to you yeah. as that creative yeah. being because who wants to be stuck in someone else's job on someone else's schedule and have to turn down opportunities because oh i've got a shift today mm -hmm. yeah oh yeah no it's the worst i've been there uh so it sounds like this uh this career path chose you yeah i guess so yeah and then if you could and perhaps you just answered this if you could take all your knowledge and experience mm -hmm. and condense it down into one nugget of, of wisdom to pass on to mm. somebody walking the path behind you what would that nugget of wisdom or advice be i think it goes back to believing believe in yourself don't take no for an answer get creative with your outreach and hold tight to the people and mentors that show up on your path to believe in you. And don't let them down. Don't let yourself down. And just keep walking one foot in front of another. Yeah. Awesome. Wow. Well, Leah, this has been really, really fantastic. It's so great to finally sit down with you and really connect about a lot of these things that we, we've sort of touched on in our various conversations over the past few not years. Not really. Trevor ignores me every time he sees me. <laughs> well, it's true. Um, if people want to connect with you and, and find out more about you, not that I'm I would I'm sorry. That was such an emotional, no, sentimental moment, and I, I totally stepped on it. I'm sorry. Thank you, Trevor. Whatever. Whatever, man. Thank you. Big, fat, whatever. <laughs> whatever, dude. Uh, so if people want to connect with you and find out more about you, I mean, I know you're on Twitter, your Facebook, yeah. Instagram, the whole nine. Yeah, so I love Twitter. Twitter's my favorite. It's at Leah underscore Savoli, C-E-V-O-L-I. Um, yeah, I'm on Facebook and YouTube and Google Plus and Instagram. 
Um, but Twitter is my favorite. So it's the best to, to reach out there. And uh, yeah, crowdfunding, go to greenlightyourpassionproject.com. The first, there's an FAQ page. Please read that first. It was really fun to create that. Um, all shapes and sizes welcome. If you're looking to touch base with me about um, possibly speaking with us or hiring us to speak somewhere, please, there's information there. Um, and then IMDb, imdb.me slash Leah Savoli. And you can find out all the awesome projects that are in post and, mm-hmm. and follow those. I've got like six projects in yeah, post. Yeah, you've got a lot going on. Yeah. I'm really, I'm really yeah. proud of all of them. And it's, it's yeah. just really, it's really nice to finally, finally be working with filmmakers who get it done. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, you've earned it. Oh, and Miz in the Biz. And Miz in the Biz. All your blog <laughs> but you posts on Miz know all about Miz in the Biz yeah. if you listen to this podcast. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Cool. Well, we'll have links to all your social media, your IMDb, all that fun stuff on the on the website. So anybody listening who wants to connect with Leah further, just head over our website uh, in the show notes to connect with her and all those places. And again, thank you so much, Leah. This was awesome. Everybody, welcome back. There's a lot of room in this industry for compassion and being present to everyone's journeys and the infinite complexity of everyone's journeys. And it doesn't get much more personal than the choices we make about our health and all the circumstances that shape those choices. The body image issue is a complex one, and there was a lot in there, obviously, about, you know, Leah being her own publicist, which I think is kind of brilliant. You guys probably remember Leo, Leo Oliva, uh, doing the same kind of thing with his film. Uh, so there's a lot of good stuff in here, but I just want to emphasize the, the body image stuff because I think it's a great opportunity for all of us to see to take a moment and to look a little bit more closely at our fellow human beings and ask ourselves, uh, ourselves, our personal selves, but also ourselves collectively, um, you know, what, what's happening here? Why, why is this an issue? Why are these things, uh, things that still are causing mm, pain and discomfort? And how can I how can me right here, right now, how can I be a force for good in this conversation? How can I come at this with uh, a degree of consciousness and um, presence and awareness and, and intentionality such that uh, we can shift this conversation? Because nobody should have to go through life not liking uh, who they are because of some bullshit comment that somebody said to them on Facebook or in grade school or something like that. So let's let's change this, guys. What do you say? You with me? Awesome. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I'm going to save picks of the week and all that fun stuff for next episode with AJ. So I'll go ahead and just wrap this bad boy up, which has also been brought to you by VO2Gogo.com. If you haven't heard of VO2Gogo.com before, check it out. It's the award-winning voiceover training system and winner of Backstage's Reader's Choice Award for Best VO Training four years in a row. Visit VO2Gogo.com start for a free getting started in voiceover online class that'll help you add voiceover to your acting portfolio. That's VO, as in voiceover, VO, the number two, gogo.com slash start. 
Today's episode was produced and co-hosted by me, Trevor Algott. Jen Levin is our production coordinator. Gadali Gubrek is our marketing and web director. Jasmine Bristow is our director of public relations. And Deborah Smith is our community manager. Trevor Algott, that's me, also edited and mixed today's episode and composed our theme and interview music. You can sign up for our weekly email dispatch and listen to all of our recent episodes at our website, InsideActing.net. You can also find us on iTunes, and your reviews there are hugely appreciated. Special thanks to our sponsors, Rehearsal2 and VO2GoGo.com, and special thanks to you, our listeners. If you love Inside Acting and you want to maximize its value in your life and career, sign up as a monthly member and get cool perks like access to our membership message board, cool freebies that are coming up, invites to exclusive member meetups that are happening already, discounts on upcoming merchandise, and a lot more. Just visit InsideActing.net and click on the membership tab. And that's it for episode 206 of Inside Acting. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week. And in the meantime, love your perfect self and love your perfect journey.